Hello, and thank you for listening to Why We Can't Have Nice Things. Today, we're going to discuss some pretty heavy topics, so I just want to give a reminder that anyone is more than comfortable to, to stop listening at any time. Today, in particular, we're talking about racism and slavery, and we will be talking about racism in the next episode as well. So just a heads up. According to Race, Class, and Gender in the U.S. by Rothenberg and Accomando, they bring to the table the idea of race being socially constructed in their introduction. Albert Memmi, a French philosopher, says on racism in their book that the idea itself is people using the smallest differences whether they're real or imagined, to create inequality and a sense of inferiority. Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines racism as such, a belief that race is a fundamental determinant of human traits and capacities, and that racial differences produce an inherent superiority of a particular race. If you look at the definition of race in Merriam-Webster, you will find multiple definitions, some of which are classified as obsolete, archaic, or dated. Race is ever-changing with its definition. However, racism is also changing and not necessarily for the better. Race, the power of an illusion, claims that race and the discrimination of race is a recent development. Before then, in ancient times and times before, It was the class, custom, language, and religion that created discrimination. Only a few hundred years old, and the history and evolution of the idea are deeply tied to the development of the U.S. In episode two, they quote, Racism is synonymous with other topics, topics that are so intertwined, and one of them is slavery. Slavery created such a feeling of racial superiority for white people that it carried on to modern-day America. Quoting from History is a Weapon, A People's History of the United States by Howard Zinn in Chapter 2, Drawing the Color Line, the pressure of needed slaves, particularly black slaves owned by white masters, began in the early 1600s, after the starving time. It was the winter of 1609 to 1610, and they lost many people in winter due to lack of food and resources that they went essentially crazy. They resorted to cannibalism and scavenging to an extreme measure. And as a result, they needed labor and they were unsuccessful in forcing, or rather kidnapping, the Native American tribes to work for them, aka be slaves for them. They were not able to capture and enslave any because of the, of the Native American tribes nearby being so resourceful. They were self-sufficient, and the white settlers there were inept and felt inferior to the Native Americans, and they did not like that at all. They wanted to be on top of someone in some way, making them very 
influenced to the idea of African slavery. And it created the cruel idea of naturalization to use of African slaves. By 1619, 101,000,000 black people were taken from Africa to South America and to the Caribbean. So slavery had already been happening, but not necessarily in North America. Many people use slavery in Africa as an excuse because slavery in Africa was ripe. They had people who were masters of slaves in Africa. However, that slavery happening in Africa was more akin to serfdom, where they still had some rights available to them. We're going to fast forward some, and by some I mean a couple hundred years. In 1831, the Underground Railroad had started and the abolition movement had really started picking up. However, there was a loose network of the Underground Railroad, per se, started as early as the 1700s. I wanted to bring this up because even though we learned so much about the abolition movement and the Emancipation Proclamation and anti-slavery movements, just because someone's anti-slavery does not mean that they're not racist. They could still foster superiority complex of their race, but they just don't feel like African Americans deserved to be mistreated in a way that they were as slaves, or they did not believe that African Americans should have been enslaved. However, we kind of go back in time, metaphorically speaking anyway, with the Dred Scott case ruling in favor of slavery and giving a victory to the South, calling enslaved people property. January 1st, 1863, the Emancipation Proclamation, that is such a mouthful to say, um, happened. The post-Civil War and 13th Amendment brought about black coats, which were put in place to restrict freedom from African Americans. So although slavery was abolished, black coats were put into place to prevent everyday life for black Americans. The 14th Amendment came in 1868 and granted citizenship to enslaved people, former enslaved people, and granted equal protection. However, that equal protection didn't really live up to what was said in the amendment. The 15th Amendment in 1870 granting, granted vo- voting rights to people regardless of race, color, or being formerly enslaved. But with them finally getting voting rights, came literacy tests and voter suppression methods, such as 
targeting African Americans. Literacy tests have been such a big, big thing of the U.S. American history voting system. They really wanted to make sure that African Americans couldn't have a voice and couldn't vote for people who truly could hear them and would help them get the rights they so deserved. Around this time that literacy tests and other voter suppression methods started to come about because of the 15th Amendment, we started seeing white societies creating groups that still felt very superior to African Americans and wanted to do something about it. Notably the KKK or the Ku Klux Klan. Also because of this, we had the rise of the Jim Crow laws in the South. And from then on, we had absolutely awful, awful laws and racial segregation. Um, in practically every public facility, um, including buses, schools, bathrooms, convenience stores even. And the Plessy versus Ferguson ruling of separate but equal was absolute bull. <laughs> um, they, they have proven time and time again that the separate but equal was never really equal due to funding issues and just systemic racism. Fast forward yet again, the NAACP is founded after waves of race riots take place. And we finally see some very much needed improvements in the U.S. Um, for African Americans. Jackie Robinson, he played on the Kansas City Monarchs, an African American league team, but caught the eye of the general manager of the Brooklyn Dodgers, eventually leading to him joining the team, making him the first African American to play on a major league team. Then we had the Brown versus Board of Education in 1954 that reversed the separate but equal because racial segregation in public spaces was systemically not equal due to funding and many other reasons. But if you look at pictures, you can definitely tell that nowhere near equal was the theme of everything with racial segregation. We had the Little Rock Nine in 1957, and we had the racial integration of them joining a high school that was previously all white and we saw the we saw the riots we saw the feedback and the rage of racism because of this idea we had the freedom rights in 1961 and we had the freedom summer and the Mississippi burning murders of 1964. And I wanted to point those two out in particular 
because when there was someone who supported um, racial desegregation and supported Black American rights, they were seen as a sympathizer, and these people got hurt and injured and killed too. In fact, the Mississippi burning murders, there were three people who were murdered, including two white men, two white college students from New York, and one black Mississippi citizen. Um, the Freedom Summer was encouraged um, by uh, many activist organizations um, to help register black voters in the South. And it, it did help. However, there was much of a fight back from white Southerners who still held their racist views. We had the I Have a Dream speech MLK in 1963 and we finally had the civil rights act of 1964 and honestly from what i started talking about to what i finished about you can see the timeline of america getting slightly better with racism but not really they were just moving it towards a thinly veiled curtain, curtained room, where they can hide behind it, just like the Ku Klux Klan does. Um, and, however, you know, racial desegregation happened, which was amazing, but there was still not enough funding for these black students now in these otherwise formerly known white schools for them to get the same treatment they got the the oldest books they got the cheapest supplies um and they got treated horribly they got they didn't get the same kind of food that the white students got and i just feel like that screams that there was not really a heavy change and there wasn't enough of a change, I should say, when racial desegregation happened. So, this is the end of episode one. In the next episode, we are going to talk about um, racism in more recent years leading up to this year. And talking about the change between this episode and the contents of this episode and the contents of the next episode. Okay. Can't wait to see you next time.